0: Welcome to the Love Cars On The Grid podcast, your global motorsport roundup with me, Tiffany Dell and Paul Woodman.
1: Welcome to Love Cars On The Grid, your global motorsport podcast roundup. The season's only just kicked off, but there's loads to talk about. There's uh, lots and lots going on. There's the... Uh, Titanic battles in the Colosseum in LA, and there's the deserts of Kuwait. We go to Australia, also to New Zealand as well, all over the place. We're going to start off, though, with a little bit of news, um, kicking off with Formula One as we normally do. And Red Bull have been in the news again, but not controversial,
0: I don't think, this time. A little bit, a little bit. Christian uh, Horner still had his moment of uh, spouting off and moaning about the significant handicap of their wind tunnel uh, punishment. Well, keep quiet, Christian. We'll, just see, we'll see about but, that. But yeah, but it was big. It was New York. I mean, it was, it was this huge launch of Red Bull and uh, I wonder why they go to New York. And it's this announcement that Ford are going to be with them with these 2026. Uh, so it's a pretty big event. Um, all these car launches. Huge. At, what do you mean? You don't see big? much on the car, you? Just, just see a new color scheme. You can't really see any details. yeah, um, it was big. And it's quite interesting this 2026. I, I did a research. I didn't really know what this 2026 i knew it was a new engine um but hopefully a whole new form will be better overtaken we are stuck with what we've got for three years now um and actually interesting to back up love cars on the grids comments to ross broad about and everybody else we've been saying that the new regulations didn't make racing much better uh and even now the mercedes um mercedes technical director mike elliott he's you know he's also said exactly that you know it, it hasn't made any significantly closer racing and everything still relies on drs and he said there are ways of running closer without drs you know and so you know even he's sort of nudging that ross brawn's wonderful that he's so happy with so I, that's frustrating we're anyway, we stuck with what we got to 2026 and now six engine manufacturers have, have signed up to make these new engines beginning with ford of course that was the big announcement of ford um then they're going to join. But well, I mean, Ford, in a way, that'll just be the Red Bull engine, won't it? So the Red Bull engine is a Honda engine at the moment um, because Honda were going to withdraw, weren't they? And they gave their uh, intellectual property to Red Bull. So presumably, Ford are just going to inherit the Red Bull engines, engine department, they've got their own engine manufacturers. That'll be the Fords. Then, of course, Ferrari, Mercedes and Alpine have signed up for 2026. They've got these new, uh, they're not really engines anymore, now they're power plants, um, from Audi, that of course I'm now going to own Sauber and and Honda as well. Honda have registered as an engine builder, uh, but we don't know what team they'll be with. And of course, it already leaves a, it a, makes me so scratch my. Head.
1: It, it really it makes no sense, though, because Honda uh are registering to be an engine builder. They already build engines for Red Bull. They've given Red Bull, Red Bull their IP. So yeah, they don't. Yeah, Red Bull, Red Bull
0: a, build the engines of Honda now. That's a
1: swap around. But, but surely it's it's uh, maybe it's because we are there till 2026. And then it is a completely different setup, really. It seems to be a lot more electric, seems to be a lot yes. more electric focused. What, which is
0: a bit worrying for me. Of course, where Honda might, because Andretti are trying to join, um, and they're Andretti Cadillac but Cadillac haven't registered built. So how are they going to have any Cadillac involvement? Ford and interesting...
1: Cadillac? Is, um, that a, is that a match made in heaven or hell? <laughs> I mean,
0: before we go about those engines, again, just going back a bit, Andretti tried to join. um, We had this incredible, the FIA launch, with launched this um method of applying. They're looking for two more teams. They've now put an official uh, how to join Formula One. And they came up with these quotes. I mean, part of what you'll have to write out in your application is rigorous financial and technical analysis. And then this sentence, which has did my head in, you have to have sustainability and positive societal impact criteria. What a load just, of... Bill, we just want more teams. We want, more- And I don't care if the team go bust in a year or bust in two years. You know, just let more people have a go. Let two people open the door. And, of course, the FIA have launched this um, application process without any approval from FOM, Formula One, or Liberty. You know, Formula One is saying you have to pay $20 million per team to join the club. Um, is the regulation at the moment. But then FOMs are saying, no, nah, it's worth $60 million per team now. You'll have to give us $600 million. Um, So, yeah, FIA have launched this anyway. It's just the battle goes on. But FIA sort of do one thing, and FOM and Liberty do another thing. And wonder they'll get to go anyway the engines yeah, i've researched but i didn't really know what was going on with new engines they're dropping the um very expensive mguh of the of all the uh, hybrid staff which was always the very expensive bit to get on broken and breaking and uh, cause so much costs but they've upped this mguk the kinetic bit and that's at the moment so at the moment you've got like an 850 horsepower engine 1.6 turbo and the, the, the kinetic is only 160 horsepower. Now, that's going to be 470 horsepower with these new engines. So, it's much more of an electric car. But um, then the petrol for the engine is going to be fully sustainable. That word. Are we sustainable? Love cars. We're sustainable. We are,
1: we are not. So, We're not so working
0: the, the, from home. So, that's as sustainable we, as you can possibly get. There's some sort of controlled fuel flow. Because they're obviously going to, have, if the electric is going up from 160 to 470, and they're saying we're still going to have 1,000 horsepower cars. I guess that they're going to strangle these sustainably fueled engines to give less power. So the, the stress on the on the mechanical engine bit, um, they've quoted the, the, the amount of fuel used. It's incredible, which I didn't realize. In 2013, uh, they had 200 litres of petrol to run the race. In 2020, it was down to 125 litres they're only at the moment. That's all they have, 125 litres, 25 gallons. But these new regulations, the idea they'll only have 90 litres of this sustainable fuel on board, um, and the rest of the power for the rates will have to be, you know, controlled by the electric. So, so it means it's, it's going to get more like Formula E. There'll be more coasting, saving... And then you'll wait for the moment to use your electric power to overtake. And then you'll close to It worries me that it, it's It's me out. too. Um, and then they it's, talk, one of the journalists said, someone's told, I don't, there's going to be more turbo lag. Well, 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 the whole thing about electric power is there's no lag at all. It's got full torque for the word go. So why someone's journalist has started writing that this new engine will have more turbo lag? So that's it. So it's a much more electrical engine, more regen, more power saving and um, more worries for the average racing fan.
1: It really is, isn't it? They don't, And they don't make it very clear. Why don't they come out and say that it's going to do this and it's going to do this and it's going to allow this? And it'd still be flat out racing
0: because mm. Formula
1: E isn't flat out racing. And that's what we, our concern as fans is, that uh, it, you, you, it's more of a strategy.
0: Yeah. I mean, obviously, obviously, every every motorsport has fuel saving because the teams don't put enough fuel in, so you have to sometimes save, but that's more of a small tactical fuel saving rather than the, most of the race fuel saving. I had hope with a sustainable fuel that we'd be getting more fully sustainable fuel because if the fully sustainable fuel's green, why do we need all the batteries that cause so much chaos of digging up from the world? Um I mean, it's also what worries me that if only the manufacturers are looking more at hybrid, we've got these hybrid engines to promote manufacturers' interests. Yeah, most manufacturers are just jumping direct to fully electric. Yeah, but so, it's not surprising when you've got the British
1: government saying, and other governments well, all over the world saying, yeah. you you have to go to electric. There's no alternative. Yeah. So even if you find a better solution, uh, if it's hydrogen or if it's sustainable fuels or um, synthetic fuels, even if you find a much better uh, a solution, tough luck, you've got to go to electric. Yeah. What sort of message oh, is that oh, to, oh, no. to the greatest innovators of of technology in terms of that field? Or why? why Why suppress and why tell these people that they have to go electric? Because there might be a better solution. <laughs> it's just in, tw-
0: in, in In about 20, 20 70, I mean, I hope that we just full up of sustainable fuel noisy powerful engines all the, all the crowd will turn up in electric cars and they'll watch like a gladiatorial formula one with noisy powerful sustainably fueled machines
1: dream on guess, sunshine. that is that
0: is so that is the news from formula one well but, you know any more news picking up well the new red bull launched their new livery has lots of the
1: other cars did as well but um yeah you know, that all kicked off in in new york as well but uh, Jim Farley was there, the CEO of, of Ford, um, and uh, yeah, there was uh, nothing nothing else going on really with um, with Formula so apart One apart from the sad loss of Jean-Pierre Jabouille last week. Yeah. A lovely French Tell us racing a driver, about him, would you? Well, Tell he was he was
0: one of this amazing pack in the seventies because Elf and BP, the two fuel companies, the French budgets of, they had you know they pushed for all these young Patrick Tornay, Francois Sever, René Arnoux, Didier Peroni, Jacques Lafitte. There was an incredible bunch of starring Formula 3 and Formula 2 drivers, of which Jean-Pierre Jabouille was one of them. Uh, he won the Formula 2 Championship in 1976. He wasn't like the mercurial talent. He wasn't like Hamilton or Verstappen. He was more of a hard-working sort of Damon Hill grafting. Star. He was very much of an engineer, a very famous sort of helping develop cars. And um, he made his Grand Prix debut in 1975. Two did, didn't qualify. So I had a one didn't qualify. So he didn't qualify There's a lot of brilliant drivers that did not qualify for Grand Prix. (laughs) Uh, They had one Grand Prix in 1975, but then in 1977, because he was obviously very French and powered by Elf backed, uh, he began the Renault Turbo one and a half liter. This was the engine that nobody thought anyone. Everyone was on three liter engines, and they'd put this ridiculous regulation in, or you could have a one and a half liter turbo. But that was because it was a sort of hangover from the one and a half liter regulations that ended in 1966. Um, but Renault, of course, are the ones that decided that 1.5-liter turbo will work. And um, Jean-Pierre Jabouille, team of René Arnoux, was in this first year. <laughs> anyway, he did 47 Grand Prix, right, in the Renault, developing the Renault car over, I don't know how many years, about three years. So, <laughs> no, it's was actually, he didn't qualify once. He didn't start once, got a bit crashed and qualified. So of the 45 races he started, how many do you think he retired from? 45 grand prix oh, in that era 35 no no, no 35 retirements no, 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 sorry 30 10 retirements he, he 10 retirements he, out of 45. He, i had to make you do another guess because you're actually very right in your first guess. <laughs> Thirty-four retirements. <laughs> you look at Grand Prix drivers nowadays; nobody hardly you get you get about one retirement. I always remember when Lewis Hamilton—you know, he lost the championship to to Rosberg when the engine blew in Brazil. I think it was or somewhere. We we couldn't believe it; engine blown up. Of his forty-five starts, wow, thirty-four. You'd be so depressed, wouldn't you? You would. Um, I, I remember actually but, watching back in the eighties,
1: um, late eighties. They, they used to happen quite often. Somebody yeah. would be up front. Mansell would be up front to so yeah. Senna, and, and, uh, and yeah. And but they anyway, were. But fortunately,
0: he'll always be remembered for. These, he had two wins, two, and one, of course, was the amazing diesel race in France. And Of course, that's remembered by everybody. when Rene Arnoux and, and Jacques Villeneuve bound wheels for the last two laps. It was the most amazing Grand Prix we've ever seen, I think, from, from wheel-clanging to wheel-clanging race. But everyone's watching the battle for second. It's a sort of Jabouille one. He won again in Austria as well. Um, and then an awful shunt in Canada, I think it was, in 1980, and uh, badly damaged his legs. He tried to come back and race again, but he wasn't quick enough anymore. Um, but he, he, had, he had four third places at Le Mans, because again with Renault Alpine. And funny enough, they were separated by 20 years. He came... He came third in 1973 and 74. Then after his Grand Prix career ended in the 1980s, he he became uh, Peugeot and Renault's advisor and uh, engineer and came back with Peugeot to have a a third place in 92 and 93, at age 51. So a very long career.
1: What was the golden era of uh, Formula 1 racing, in your opinion?
0: Well, for me, just before ground effects, the 70s. The early 70s, when Hesketh could build his own car and win a Grand Prix with James Hunt. You know Ferrari, James Hunt, McLaren, Tyrrells, and you look at those mid um, mid seventies grids going down to first corner photos, and you can see like seven manufacturers in the first ten cars. You know, and the brilliant driver was a second quicker, and he's very good teammate. You know, so you'd have one guy at the front and one guy in the midfield, and you know, it's very rare that you had two drivers dominating ground effect the one that you know killed it for me and that's what as soon as aero the aero came in uh, 78 79 and then it was all over but um yeah simple cars in the 70s good stuff Um, but of course you know the turbos made a big difference because once renault started winning and everybody went turbo they made those amazing 1000 horsepower qualifying engines that was sort of a bizarre era
1: how many um how many times has a french driver won the um driver's championship
0: Oh no. Prost's won lots of them. Who else? Prost has won four. That's it. Nobody else. It's only Prost, is it? Only French driver. Wow. Oh, no. so well, I know. i
1: trying to think Because so many amazing drivers have come from France, but only one world Well, champion.
0: Peroni was on his way to win it when he had that awful accident at Hockenheim, and that ended his Formula One career. Peroni, Didier Peroni, was definitely looking good. Imagine um, um, because François Severe, Sever, you know, the most talented film star looking, <laughs> um, and he died at Watkins Glen the day when he was back to, you know, Stuart was going to retire. Severe was going to be team leader at Tyrrell the next year, and you know, François Severe could have been.
1: Imagine, Imagine them, in that, that era. I mean, oh, it,
0: it, so many talented drivers—you know—ended their careers with horrendous accidents. And uh, it's safer, safer now. That's for sure.
1: <laughs> I should say. Okay, so uh, that's a, a, a nice tribute. Thanks for that, because I didn't know any of that at all. Funny enough,
0: I never really met him. Like, he was in my Grand Prix, my nineteen eighty Belgium Grand Prix, and he was in a couple of the Le Mans I was in, he was in. But I never spoke to him. I met a few of those Tombe and had a chat with him, but I have never got to talk to Jean-Pierre. And all the French, they're, they're always sitting the night before the race. Grand Prix, you know, having a Gita or something, and a glass of red wine. <laughs> you know, I saw them the night before my Grand Prix as I drank my water and looked very serious, <laughs> wishing, wishing I hadn't given up smoking. But uh, they were a lovely bunch of French. Well, they're still you know, still around. Good,
1: good stuff. Where are we going next? Are we going to LA? Do the we race,
0: go- so Let's do the racing last week. there was racing around the world, not much uh, in us. And of course, <laughs> NASCAR started. And I mean, this Coliseum thing is mean, a joke, really. And this Bush Clash is their traditional non-championship season opener. And it used to be at a normal track like Charlotte or something and it, it's it's open to all the owners that got points the year before. There's some sort of qualifying system who's to get seen. But last year for some reason for PR they decided to have this race around this quarter mile track. I we remember. used to run that didn't we? 440 yards. Uh, and it's the famous Los Angeles Coliseum. It's an amazing setting. You know, I think like it is we say 400 metres don't we? Nowadays yeah. 440 yards. Um, and it, This was built in 1921. I know it was a World War I um, casualty sort of memorial and had the Olympics in 32 and 84, and the Olympics in 2026 coming up and it's had American football teams and baseball. it's an amazing venue but I mean to put a 400 quarter mile tarmac track and put 27 um, you know 650 horsepower machines uh, they did it last year for the first time but that was when it was a new Gen 3, the first rather than the new cars it was, it was a bit sort of nobody really battered into each other. They're all quite respectful and drove around. Well, this turned out into a bump and run fest. Everyone was spinning everybody else out. And they don't count the uh, racing laps, the, the yellow flag laps, pace collapses, race laps. And I think there was one period where they, they counted six race laps in about 30 minutes of time on the clock because they kept a full course yellow. So it's all down good as <laughs> the thing. And so it was a fairly ridiculous thing, but it was just a big advert for the NASCAR season coming up. Uh, Martin Truex Jr. came through to win it. The veterans, Austin Dillon second, Kyle Busch third, and uh, the number of, Kyle Larson, a respectable fifth for the great Kyle Larson. Number five in number five, number five. But yeah, it was a spectacle, but it was it was a bit silly, really. Okay, but, uh, a, there you go. But we, funny enough, we, we go from a, the, the average speed was about sixty-seven miles an hour, I think, around this quarter-mile track. And the next race, the first race in the championship was the Daytona 500, when you go to 200 mile an hour average speed. So they go from the slowest track to the fastest track. That's yeah, incredible. 60, is that
1: honestly the average speed of that? Uh, yeah, I think the track, fastest is like so 67 small, miles so an hour. Tight.
0: Yeah. Wow. <laughs> It must be literally on camber though, uh, on, on lock. The they probably, probably get up to 100 and then well, it's quite reasonable straight. I think the corners are so tight I and mean, it's just a hairpin, probably about 30, 25, 30 mile an hour hairpin, and then it's sort of up to 100 and then down to 30 miles and that. Um, so, yeah, but anyway, all good fun. The right, well real going. racing was down at Bathurst did you catch the Bathurst oh, 12 hour race I
1: did I think I, I it was amazing actually I, I saw lots of different I knew a few people I mean, the same same for us in Britain,
0: it was all night it was overnight you know so we yeah. I mean I watched the start because I, I tweeted everyone to watch six forty-five. they start the race at 5 45 a.m. a.m. in the morning I don't know whether the drivers go to sleep or not um but so you have this start in the dark, it's amazing sunrise coming up as you come over the amazing Bathurst as you clear over the mountain and dive down. An amazing track, you know. This was the first of five intercontinental something championship GT races, about 30 car entry from mainly from Europe and all over Australia. You an amazing race. A lot of damage done, a lot of big shunts is the horse because a Bathurst there's no runoff, there's no escape. It's almost like a street circuit, the, the top high up of the mountain. Um, there were some big shunts. And in a way, you know, if you make a mistake, you don't want a five second penalty for track limits. You want a bang on the wall to say you're okay. That's <laughs> the cost of making a mistake in motorsport. You don't want to hurt. Don't start writing in long. Oh, yeah, you want more people to die. No, I don't because the cars are so safe. But a small impact nowadays is well survivable. Yeah, I've mean, so that one guy qualified. You see the one in qualifiers onto it. Blum. I haven't found that going brake fail a lot, but at the end of the great Conrad Strait, he just sort of seemed to want a shortcut and just took off over the curb and went head on into the barriers. There is oh. a big runoff there because that's a big end of the main straight where quite rightly, quite rightly, there's a huge gravel trap to slow down. So the, the race in the end.
1: Well, the Mercedes-MGs uh, were, were the um, GT3s were, were
0: super quick. In right, fact, yeah. They all got they a, actually, uh, yeah, they got a... Thing didn't they? The they the penalty. balance of powers changed after yeah. qualifying because they were so dominant to slow this, still, but they still dominated the race.
1: Well, the, uh, um, my, so my friend's team, uh, the GMR, the uh, Grouper M Racing, they they dominated. So they set the uh, pole position, they got the fastest lap of all time 2, two 0 0 one. Um, And they were cruising in the race as well. Cruising, and Mario
0: Engel Engel was driving at the time, was he one of the three? And cruising in, cruising. And then I I want your opinion on this because it's just (laughs) surely this can't be right. I know what you're saying. This friend of yours, are you speaking on behalf of a friend, by the way? No, I'm not. The subject we're about to bring up.
1: I saw his Instagram. He's got a private Instagram, KC. I won't say his name. And uh, so, so, so everything was great. The driver's great, the car was great, mechanically, the team, everything was great. There was one failure, and that failure was the um uh, the timer, lap timer that's provided by the, the organizer. was the data
0: logger, it wasn't just the logger Sorry, the data, logger, time, sorry, data, the data logger. logger. Thank you.
1: Um and the data logger. So I don't logger know.
0: Failed. So they what had goes to... in the data logger though. Do you know what I don't know what info? This, well, is, like, this, this, this is this is this is a organizer's data logger. So yeah. but I think they they're checking over rev. Well, I mean, how many things can they check to make sure you're not cheat? It's basically something to make sure that no time in the race do you cheat.
1: But then, but South then, East. their penalty was that they had to change the data logger that was provided to them by the organisers, which effectively cost them the race. They were thirty yeah. seconds in front, which isn't much in a twelve-hour race, but but they were cruising. Really, they were doing incredibly well. Um, how that's a that's a bit of a contentious one. That's a hard one to swallow, isn't it? When it's completely out of your hands,
0: it is. But is that I racing? Don't know quite what the moral of the story is? Because <laughs> the point is. <laughs> if, if it was that if they were doing some method of over revving the engine and therefore you deliberately killed your data logger somehow, I'm not saying anyone did or they did, <laughs> you could then be cheating without the organizers knowing. So you sort of know where he organizes at, even if it's their fault. Yeah. So I don't know. I think, well, I don't know. I wouldn't have made well, to it. Well, if I was to, add to insult to injury,
1: then. They tried to move that probably wasn't on, it's fair to say. And
0: Well, yeah, well, it was there, well, there was the fight back, wasn't it? Because they lost yeah. the lead to another yeah. Mercedes It was driven by Jules Gounon at the time. So they yeah. lost the lead, changing the data logger. But came out, and uh, to catch up and take the lead, Gounon's team hadn't given him fresh tyres. They just, uh, driver changed fuel, in, go. Whereas Vasco had changed the data logger, they put some nice fresh tyres on Engel's car. And so he was catching Gounon hands over fist. But it was still, I don't know, it was still quite a long time to go before. He then decides to lunge Goon at the end of the straight. Um, have you seen the manoeuvre? What it was? I about? have. Yeah, it was from way back. Way back. Um, it was. Uh, it down was down more the than Verstappen. Even Verstappen wouldn't have gone for that one. No, <laughs> yes, no maybe would. silly. No silly. Of course he wouldn't have done it. was a Verstappen-esque <laughs> lunge, uh, which Goon failed to bother to leave a door any more open, and uh, so he spun Goon round three hundred and sixty. Uh, and then the car was back in the lead, but they got a drive-through penalty for causing the causing the clash uh, and came out in third place. And by now, there was a Porsche. Porsche's they hadn't done very well, but I think the balance of power was changed. They were useless to Daytona. They had an awful Daytona because the balance of power was very much against Porsche. Uh, but uh, Matt Campbell and one of the Porsches by then was catching Gunon on his knackered tyres. And Engel was now out in a rage. And they crossed the line in that order, separated by 1.417 seconds after the 12 hours of racing. Incredible. Each car was captured. The whole bunch of one to third was was closing and closing. So it was a brilliant finish, but a brilliant finish, sadly, at the expense of your mate's data logging incident?
1: Well, another, what mate, would you, another mate got in, um, got third place. So Johor Racing got third
0: place as well. So good good
1: on them as well.
0: The BMWs are coming back. They were fourth and yeah. sixth because Valentina Rossi, Rossi's team. In fact, they had a problem. For a Rossi, I think they were close to a podium finish and their rear lights stopped working on the brake lights. I don't know. It was daylight by now, so I don't know. But I think the brake lights weren't working. You were going to ask me
1: what I think about the, uh, about the data logger. Yes. Yeah, my my opinion is that it's one of those things, isn't it? It's it's hard to swallow, but you have got to swallow. it. You got to take it. And yeah, think, uh, that 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 I would take losing a world championship in Abu Dhabi like Lewis Hamilton did.
0: I wouldn't take. That's no, that's, that's my. Opinion. I mean, it's like I was just saying with Rossi's car, you know, the lights went out because they got twenty. They got daylight, probably lights on all the time. I don't know. But it's like a Le If if the light illuminating the number on the door goes out, you've got to picked. You can't. Yes. So, I mean, any you know, there are some annoying things that can go wrong, and, and that's just one of them. You have to have a data logger working, and even if the data logger was supplied by the organisers, uh, you didn't get away with it. Okay. At least it made for a brilliant race. It brilliant did make for a brilliant race, and they're off to a, kalab- what a circuit. Kailarmi, you've raced there, haven't you? Yes, I've raced on the old track and the new track, so I've done both, and I prefer the old track. As always, the old track is normally better than the new tracks because they <laughs> well, do want putting more corners in. Yeah. No, Kyle I mean, is great. At least they use they um, they use they use one, two, and the S's. They use two corners and the S's of the old track. So it's quite nice you do drive around bits of the old original track to make you feel good.
1: And we'll soon see that on the Formula One circuit, of course. Uh, Kyle I means Yeah, Africa. it's
0: got to come. But it can they coming. pay the money? It I mean, is, is coming. 100%? Oh, I don't know. Poor old South Africa. They haven't got much money. Well, yeah, because well, we're not going to go on to politics.
1: But I know the reason why. <laughs>
0: And then single-seater races that was the, I mean, the best race was the bathers the star race the weekend was the bathers 12 hours brilliant. um single season we're reporting that the last for this month we're catching up on these kids and i call them kids right and you keep on saying you can't younger call people. them kids younger people well i've got their ages this time just to come prove on their kids. how old are they <laughs> well first we go to them um, uh to kuwait where they had the, the next races in the formula 4 uae and the formula regional middle east and again, I'm reporting on these and trying to bring these names to your attention out there, great listeners and viewers, um, because this is where you know people want women to be in Formula One. This is where women need to be winning, or young girls or young ladies, if there is going to be a Grand Prix driver in two or three years' time, because these kids here are the talent of the future. These younger people um, are the future. So the 15-year-old, 15-year-old, is he a man then? 15-year-old is he a young person? No, it's a kid.
1: It is a young man, isn't it? No, it's not. So it?
0: there, were, there were more wins for Hugo, Yugo Chukwu. There's a name you're going to have to learn how to pronounce. I still pre- I'm not pronouncing it properly, I apologise. Also, adding to their ages, almost all these drivers in their karting and lower formula have been recognised by manufacturers. These academies are beginning to help more and more. If you shine, all these drivers have started out with their parents or their parents' friends. Paying the bills—you can't escape that when they're young. Nobody knows how talented you are until your dad or someone else has bought you a Formula Four seat. So you know, yugo Chuk was a McLaren protege, so he's already signed up a McLaren. Um, the other one who won a race this weekend was um a 16-year-old. He's getting to be an adult now. Uh, James Wharton, or Aussie, he's already a Ferrari Academy driver. Um, and who leads the championship? And the, and the reverse grid race was won by another Ferrari academy, a Finn called Tuka Taponen. So all three of the winners have already been spotted in karting in their first year of Formula 4 by these academics and helped them forwards. And that is where you have to be if you want to dream of in a Grand Prix trial. We're Not doing a single series for single mate for women only. You've got to be in with these kids. But hopefully that new FIA formula, which is more of a Formula 4 chassis, you know, might get more of them starting younger. No, I um, see. I disagree.
1: I, I I disagree with you. You, uh, I think you can still get spotted wherever you are. You, if you're in a single, single series category like a all women only category, you can still get spotted. Because, but well, yes. you would need to be exceptional.
0: Yes, you would need to, to really stand out. But then you'd have to go into the general formula and prove your exception against everybody.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah saying, you know,
0: the, the formula regional Middle East, the other race that, that they go together at the same circuits. Um, there were two wins again for a sixteen year old. McLaren Mercedes Junior called Andrea
1: it... Kimi Antonelli. They are they are young, These these people. It's incredible yeah. to have that ability at, at that age. Yeah. You know,
0: that he had two more wins, two more wins, and um, there was one win there for a British driver who I had known very little about, Taylor Barnard, who is a Nico Rosberg Academy driver. So Nico, I think, ran him in karting. Um, Barnard he didn't race in Britain at all he, he did karting very very successful incredibly successful karter. then went off to Germany and Italy to do all his single seater racing so he's now had a win out in he's actually second in the championship chasing Antonelli but Antonelli's miles away of the championship um, so he raced in, in Italy and Germany he was second in Formula 4 in Germany last year but that's the Britain Taylor Barnard Oh, one to watch for the future um, well, meanwhile down under the other single seater racing the Formula Regional Oceana at Hampton Downs. Again, Charlie Wurtz had another win, who's not actually with anyone's academy, apart from his dad, <laughs> Alexander <laughs> Wurtz's academy. Um, he had a win. And uh, second was the Kiwi, Callum Hedge. 19 years old, Callum. Getting a bit old, Callum. Uh, but he's chasing uh, Wurtz for the championship. But actually, the big stars are uh, two drivers that aren't doing the whole championship. They're just a, a series of re- races, one of which, of course, is Louis Foster, the, the British driver, 19. Who's was racing in America. And a new kid's turned up out the blue. This was his first weekend in New Zealand. He had, a, he had a second and then a third, and then won the big event of the day, the New Zealand Grand Prix. The third race of the three this weekend were for the New Zealand Grand Prix trophy, which um, was really, verts wasn't in it, and it was uh, Louis Foster chasing this new kid uh, who just turned up. And again, it's funny. He's actually a prodigy of Nick de Vries. So Nick Defrice is helping it open doors for him. He's 17 years old. Um but last year he did the Formula Regional Europe Championship, right? So this is supposed to be this amazing talent turned up in New Zealand, blown everybody away. He finished 21st in the championship with his wow. best results of eighth place. Now he did some sort of French single seat the series before we won a load of races. But um it's weird, isn't it? It's this is why looking for talent, unless they keep on winning, you seem to wonder how important the car is, the team is, you know, was he rubbish last year because he didn't have a, a um, the top cars, top teams, braid top drivers. So it's interesting, really. Anyway, so his name's another late Lawrence Van Hoppen.
1: Van Hoppen. Good. The wonder next much, for stappen.
0: Wonder how much van sim Hoppen.
1: racing all these guys do. They must I bet they
0: do herds of sim racing, all yeah. these youngsters. Tons and Good tons stuff. of it. Anyway, that's where, you look, that's where you need to look for single-seater stuff. They've still got another two weekends to go to finish their championships off. Not quite sure it's costing mummy and daddy to live in the Middle East for six weeks. And...
1: Don't be so cynical. <laughs>
0: maybe they, 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 maybe it's not mummy, do Maybe they're young no. entrepreneurs. Or, or their parents, friends. Or the academy budgets that are coming through, thankfully, from Ferrari, McLaren. It, it to, um, is it is
1: a, a rich person sport um, to get your children into. I, I, there's no question about that. I would love to get Oliver, my son, into it, but there's no way I can afford it. So any anyone that wants to sponsor Oliver, he's a very good driver. He <laughs> can do handbrake turns,
0: and he's eleven. Really, be, Ant- Antonelli. With... I think of all the names. I think that I think might get for Antonelli, Andrea Kimis, Antonelli.
1: Social experiment. Somebody just bung Oliver into an academy at the age of eleven. It's a social experiment to see if he ends up being a. A top driver or rubbish like his old the man. The academy only helps
0: pay the bills. doesn't do much else. And they're not going to pay the bills to unknown. You've got to get the spanners out, Dad. Get to your local <laughs> cart track. I did it for a few weekends with my son, Harry, just for fun. We weren't ever dreaming of going too far. But you spend all day Saturday picking up the cart, putting it on a trolley and pushing it to the grid. And then you start and do one heat. And you pick it up, push it out. You're there all weekend. This is what dads are doing all over the world. So Tiff's got, got three course, sons. Of Lewis Hamilton's dad. I mean, that's Tiff's got, Lewis got Hamilton... three sons, and
1: Harry is the only one that followed in his father's footsteps. But only a bit of bit of fun, really, wasn't it? But he's still yeah. he can pedal. He's quick when he's he gets in the car. And he's hopefully... six foot one. He's
0: too tall. Such a shame. Such yeah. a shame. Grew not nowadays, one. not though. Tiff, it would have been. No, winning. they are some of the cars that they've been made for bigger drivers now. Yeah, but it is amazing. And I, I admire those dads and kids. As I said, we just, we just did the loads of Forest Edge racetrack, you know, went up there one one weekend a month and, and literally all day sad they're there all weekend same plot the dad's working away on the kids of all out playing football and they are kids by the way when they're twelve and thirteen. Yeah the but kids then they've got them, the
1: dads has got their massive motor homes and they've thousands <laughs> well, the mums thousands. are
0: all arguing. The mum's are the team managers they're all having arguments about he <laughs> pushed me off your boy push me. <laughs> that's the saddest thing. But we used to go home after the weekend I reckon ninety percent of mums, dads, and kids were pissed off in the weekend because someone had pushed them off, or they've got a bent engine, and you know. Very few go home happy. This is the. But it's the same ball. as
1: all sports. I look at uh, when my daughter plays football. I look at the sideline, and people are getting so angry. They're shouting and screaming at the referee and the players. And just think this is sixteen-year-olds' ladies' football. Is They're not. You know, it doesn't make any difference in your
0: life oh, whatsoever. Talking of football, hold on, a minute. I've got to check if my Southampton manager's been banned yet. Sack him in the morning. So
1: Southampton Come on, quick. Have had the awful run. They're going to be relegated from uh, the English champ. Uh, uh, um, champ- English Premier League. Sorry, they're going
0: to the Championship. We're not going to be. We're going to. We're going to fight back. <laughs> and and to in the morning yeah. Because
1: he's just come out. Uh, slating everybody but himself he's saying blame how, me blame the, blame the how fans how amazing he is but it's the fans fault and the boards fault and this and this, the football's <laughs> fault there's not his fault so he is going to be sacked I'm on the wrong
0: website now I can't find it anyway Good. next weekend more important than Southampton exactly. getting some points off Wolves or, or there's going to be a revolution at the stadium but I'll be if this man isn't sacked a uh, world rally championship Sweden amazing should be some snow There's always well, I haven't checked the weather forecast because sometimes Sweden doesn't have enough snow um, always brilliant shots and always cars a lot more sideways than they were on the tarmac of Monte Carlo uh, Craig Breen returns which is lovely because of course he had a, not that good a year with Ford and now he shares uh, the Toyota with Sebastian Ogier who won Monte Carlo but Sebastian Ogier not do the whole season so hopefully Craig Breen will have a great run in the snow whilst Formula E goes to India and you've got to get up early because this is Saturday morning at 9.30 the race starts you've got to watch it live um, from a brand new Hydra, Hy- Hyderabad, Hyderabad circuit, Hyderabad, and if you haven't got a Porsche, maybe the Porsche powertrain. So far, the Porsche powertrains have dominated. They've had the top two places in all three races so far. So yes. you can get, you can go E in India or snowy in Sweden. The choice is yours. Yeah. I'll, on that note, on that bombshell. <laughs> see you next week. Thanks, thanks for putting enjoy. some notes that you like watching us. We, we said last week, please at least say hello. Go to YouTube if you're listening on Spotify. At least say hello. We, had, say a hello. With, we had a sp- problem with
1: Spotify last week, but it's uh, all resolved what? now. Delighted to hear. Yeah, it didn't upload properly. So sorry to you, Spotify listeners. But um, thanks for joining. We'll see you next week.